For all of you in our pews, if you haven't done so already, please turn to the end of your pews and uh, grab our friendship registry pads to, to note your attendance, as well as the names of those sitting around you. It is an opportunity for us to continue to grow as a family of faith. Friends, you'll notice in front of you in your pew racks that there is a card. On one side, it's a connection card. This is a place where you can let us know how you want to journey into your faith deeply or differently with this faith community. On the other side, it's a prayer card. As one of your pastors, it is a privilege and an honor to pray with and for you throughout the week. If you have a prayer of joy or concern for you or someone you love, please share those with us on the card and you can put those in the offering place as those come through later in the service. We have another practice where we pray with and for each other. At the end of the service, if you will exit through the atrium doors under the window, there are care letters where you can add your signature to, uh, as a sign of prayer for someone in our community who is in need of support and hope. Friends, you'll notice in your bulletin that we have a bulletin insert this morning. And those faces are the people who have joined this church last week. So I hope you'll get to know them and look for them around the church and continue to welcome them into the life of this community. There are several announcements that you'll find on the back of the bulletin, and I want to highlight two for this morning. One is that next Sunday, October the 13th, it is the Festival of Church Music at the Meyerson Symphony Center at 7 p.m., and you have an opportunity to ride together with Preston Hollow members. There is a free bus that will leave from here to transport all of us to the Meyerson Center together. So if you want to sign up for this bus, please go to the atrium counter after worship and look for Samira Murad who will get you signed up. And throughout this month, we are collecting coats. It's hard to think about winter wear when we're still in 90 degree weather, but winter is coming. And we have friends and neighbors in our community for whom coats are going to be so needed this winter. So please, if you have a new or used coat for any size that you'd like to drop off, there's a coat rack in the atrium that you can drop off every Sunday here and we'll deliver those to our friends at North Dallas Shared Ministries. As I mentioned earlier, today is World Communion Sunday, so it is only right that today we explore the question, why gather? That with millions of people all around this world, we set aside this specific time to come together and to worship. So I want to invite you now to turn and take a look at the people gathered around you. Look at your neighbors sitting with you. If you feel bold, take a look at their eyes, make eye contact. <laughs> we might think this is awkward, but this is holy space that the Spirit is with us. Where two or more are gathered, God is with us. God is meeting us here. Friends, this is a day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us worship holy God. Please join with me in our responsive call to worship. We gather together in the name of Jesus Christ, members of God's family, and siblings to one another. There are no outsiders here among us. No one has any special standing. We are all children of God, brought together by the redeeming love of Christ. Praise the Lord. The Lord's name be praised.
Friends, God created us to live our lives in community with one another. Yet we know that being in relationship with one another is hard and we often stumble. Still, we need each other because together we can see God more clearly and experience God more fully through each other. So trusting in God's everlasting grace, let us pray together the prayer of confession. Let us pray. Loving God, we ask your forgiveness for the times when we look out on the people you have created in your image and wonder which ones are really included in your promises. Too often we assume it is our job to make distinctions and to decide who is and who is not worthy of your love, your grace, and your mercy. Instead of judgment, increase in us a desire to gather with others, to work for wholeness and justice and peace for all. We pray through Christ our Lord. Friends, God did not send Jesus into the world to condemn the world, but in order that we might be saved through him. Jesus came that we might be reconciled to one another and to live life to the fullest. Friends, hear and believe the good news of the gospel. We are saved by grace through faith. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. Quiet our minds, O God, and open our hearts to hear your voice speaking to us today. Through your ancient words, you offer us a taste of your goodness. May we savor it and let it nourish and sustain us on our journey of faith. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I used to love going to church with my grandparents, my Nana and Papa. They uh, were members of the Methodist Church. Uh, it was a small little church right there on the outskirts of Aiken County. They went to the John Wesley United Methodist Church in Aiken real original in its name. <laughs> but I love going to church with them uh, because their sanctuary had red carpet. It had uh, red seat cushions. It even had some chandeliers that were hung there when the first church first opened. It reminds me a lot of our chapel, actually. Every time I walk in, I sort of feel it and smell it, and it feels and smells a lot like my grandparents' church. I used to love going to church with them and watching my Nana sing. There were eight people in the choir, four men on a lucky day, guys, four women. I used to love hearing my Nana sing, almost always right on pitch, almost. <laughs> what I loved most about going to church with Nana and Papa uh, well, yeah, the, the, the service was great, but it was after the service, we'd walk down the middle and greet the minister, and we'd go out the side door, and we'd find the stairwell, and we would go down to the basement. And folks uh, before worship would have brought their covered dishes and put them right there on the table, really long table, titled Covered Dishes. And they would set out all the food, and we would get in one big line, and we would have a good old-fashioned potluck. 
deviled eggs and homemade macaroni and cheese. Someone would have fried chicken. Someone would have brought a spiraled ham. Someone would have made that homemade peach cobbler. And during the summertime when we were really lucky, someone would have churned homemade ice cream the good old-fashioned way. I used to love those lunches because there was always a parallel table set up to the food table. It could seat all 40 or 50 people who had been at that little church. And the most interesting thing about the way that table was set up was there was not one assigned seat. Nobody sat at the same table every time. Everybody was welcomed at that table. I was too uh, little to know it then, but I'm sure of it now. I'm sure there were some people who sat next to one another who felt differently about faith. You know, some folks who were really proud to be Methodist, and there were probably some folks who couldn't even spell Methodist. There were some folks there uh, who had more money than Jesus, I'm sure of it. And then there were folks who were really struggling, praying for the rain to come so that they'd have a crop to turn that fall. I'm almost positive of it now. There were probably folks who sat right next to one another and they voted for two different people. It was where uh, young and old would come together over a meal. It was in that basement where a church would embody everything they claimed in word in the sanctuary above. That's what I loved about those potluck lunches. It seems, though, that the church in Corinth is no longer embodying what they say they believe. And the Apostle Paul is not very happy about it. We need to remember a few things about Corinth before we jump into our scripture lesson this morning. We need to remember that 200 years before Paul writes his letter to the Corinthians, his first letter to the Corinthians, Corinth uh, was a battle site of the Roman Empire and the Corinthians. And just to remember, the Roman Empire beat the Corinthians like a drum. And the Roman Empire uh, let Corinth stay desolate for a hundred years. And then the Roman Empire said, you know, we need to really increase our trade with Greece. Corinth would be an excellent, excellent strategic port. And so a hundred years later, the Roman Empire sends uh, the wealthy elite, it sends uh, day laborers, it even sends slaves to Corinth, and they rebuild Corinth into one of the best port cities on the face of the earth. And Corinth becomes a melting pot. People from all over uh, the, the globe find their way to Corinth. Wealth increases in Corinth. Those who had wealth before really have wealth now. The day laborers are doing a little better, and the slaves are still slaves in Corinth. Corinth becomes a place to be seen. And to be seen. And all the cultural, all the cultural norms of Corinth begin bleeding over even into church like who sits with who and who doesn't sit with who and Paul reminds the church in Corinth um, the values that uh, you live by out in Corinth are not the values that you're called to live by in church listen to what Paul says to the church in Corinth from the 11th chapter the first letter to the Corinthians. I'm going to pick up at verse 17 if you're following along. Now in the following instructions, I do not commend you. Because when you come together, it is not for the better, but for the worse. For to begin with, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are some divisions among you. And to some extent, I believe it. Indeed, there have to be factions among you, for only so will it become clear who among you are genuine. When you come together, it's not really to eat the Lord's Supper. For when the time comes to eat, each of you goes ahead with your own supper, and one goes hungry, and another becomes drunk. What? 
That's literally what he says. It's what with an exclamation point. What? Do you not have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you show contempt for the church of God and humili humiliate those who have nothing? What should I say to you? Should I commend you? In this matter, I do not commend you. For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord on the night of his arrest was at table with his disciples, and he took bread, and after giving thanks, he blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave it to them, saying, this is my body for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup after supper, saying, this is the cup of the new covenant shed in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever, therefore, eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be answerable for the body and blood of the Lord. Examine yourselves and only then eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For all who eat and drink without discerning the body, eat and drink judgment against themselves. For this reason, many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. But if we judged ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. So then, my brothers and my sisters, when you come together to eat, wait, wait for one another. If you're hungry, eat at home, so that when you come together, it will not be for your condemnation. About the other things, Oh, I'll give you instructions about them when I come to church next time. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Remind us, oh God, that you hover here. You hover in this very sanctuary just as you hovered over the waters of creation. So reach across the ages and breathe new life into these ancient words that they would be your words to us here and now. And breathe new life into the words of my mouth and into the meditations of all of our hearts that all would be acceptable and pleasing to you, O God. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The values found at this table were not the values that were found in Corinth at the time. The values that are found at this table that the whole church will come together and everyone will be fed were not the values of Corinth at that time. We have to remember that um, every time the church came together in Corinth, they would gather around a table and have a meal. This is not just a little uh, gluten-free cracker and a little bitty shot of grape juice. This is a full meal. And they would share a meal at table every time they got together to observe the Sabbath in the early church. And for those uh, who had means, for the wealthy, for the elite, this was really good news because it meant that they had most of their morning to do whatever they wanted to do. Have a cup of tea, have some coffee, read the paper. Before church started at five in the afternoon, if church started at five in the afternoon, the wealthy and the elite would show up two, two and a half hours early and get a seat as close to the front as they possibly could. It ensured that if they were in the front, that they were close enough to be able to get some of the food that was offered on that table. But here's the deal, not everybody who was in the early church was wealthy or elite. There were some folks in the early church who had to work on Sundays. This was not Chick-fil-A. <laughs> there were slaves. 
and day laborers, they had to get up at the crack of dawn. And they had to work 12 hours before they could get to the church. And by the time they had worked 12 hours, there was no place for them to sit close to the table. And so there were a lot of day laborers and slaves that would get to the church and they would get to the door and they would have to stand outside of the room. They had just worked 12 hours. They were hungry. They were tired. And the last thing they were going to get was some of the food that was already on that table. The rules that the people in Corinth played by were beginning to become the rules at church and for the meal. The least of these were not able to even get a morsel of bread. And so the Apostle Paul writes to the church in Corinth and says, you know, it's one thing to show up to church and to, to say this is what you believe. You know, it's an entirely different thing to embody what you say that you believe. I mean, if you're going to pray for the least of these in your services, if you're going to be about equity and justice and righteousness for the poor, what does it mean that you show up to the meal table? And some of you are so full on the snacks that you have brought while, that you could eat while you were waiting some of you have overserved yourselves the wine that you brought into the sanctuary that maybe you don't notice there, that there are those among you who are going without. The values of this table are not the same values of the world in Corinth at the time. The Apostle Paul is asking the people in Corinth to embody the Apostle Paul is asking the church in Corinth to embody what it is they say they believe. Do you know that's why we uh, gather here at Preston Hollow? It's why we gather uh, over here in Jubilee Hall for lunch from time to time. It's why we gather and have cookies and lemonade out in the atrium. It's why we gather and have meals over in the youth house. It's why we gather when folks that we know and love, uh, when they lose a loved one. It's why we gather and have Bible studies. Because we need to learn what it means to embody what it is we say that we believe. For instance, think about if you've ever had a meal here at the church. Has one of the meals in Jubilee Hall ever ended with two people yelling at one another, standing up and storming out? I pray to God not, not since I've been here. <laughs> and if it has, I wanna know that story, by the way. No. We come together and because we're at church, we interact with one another, we extend grace, we extend mercy in a way that maybe we don't always do, even when we occupy different tables outside these walls. Like, for instance, at a business dinner or at your family Thanksgiving meal. No, there's something about us coming together around table here for us to embody what it is that we believe. That's why there are more people here at Preston Hollow, more Republicans and more Democrats that shake hands over meals in Jubilee Hall than do in every Hall of Congress combined. It's why when we come around the table here at Preston Hollow, we have the youngest and the most mature sitting at the table all together. It's why we have folks who are really young and they think they have every answer to every problem in the world sitting at the table voicing every answer 
to every problem in the world, while some of our older members sit there and say, yeah, I used to be that young person who thought they had the, I had every answer to the world too. It's why they sit at table together and extend grace. It's why those of us who have been cradle Presbyterians our entire life use really insider language, and those of us who are just new to Presbyterian world sit at table together and take the time to explain what it means. It's why folks who have been married for 65 years sit at table with their friends who are walking the first days of what it feels like to lose a spouse. It's why couples who've been married for a lifetime sit at table with couples, same-gendered couples, who are trying to figure out marriage. When we gather, we come to embody what it is we say we believe. If you don't believe me, uh, take your bulletin home this week and read the call to worship and the prayer of confession every single day. It's um, the invitation of this table. In a few minutes, you're going to hear Kathy and I invite you to live in a, a completely different way by a different set of rules. And I know that Kathy and I are going to be standing here. We're going to be standing right here in robes. And so it's going to sound like it comes from us, but it doesn't come from us. Kathy and I and all of our training are trying to use every word at our disposal to make sure that you know that you're invited here and that Jesus the Christ is actually the host. And this table is so much larger than any table that you could ever imagine. And it spans all time and all space. And it certainly spans every divide. And Kathy and I want you to taste what that tastes like. Because that invitation is beyond any words that we could ever offer. Do you know the invitation of this table starts here? But it does actually extend out into your life and into the world. Did you know you could actually play by these rules out there? Did you know that you could actually claim the value of unity, of forgiveness, of grace found at this table? Did you know you can live that out in the world? You can. And when you do, it typically makes news. It did on Wednesday this past week in a courtroom in Dallas, Texas. I'll never forget uh, my phone flooding with text messages asking if I had seen what Botham John's brother Brant had just said to Emily Geiger. I'm about to say something really controversial. I really wish we had screens in the sanctuary so I could show you that moment. because words do not do it justice. And let me say, a lot does need to be said about that moment. A lot does need to be debated about that moment. And that's our work to do. But I wanna take us back to the moment when we were encountered with Brant for the very first time, and I want you to remember what you felt. I want you to remember what you felt before you thought, okay? I was not expecting Brant John to say these words. I love you. I want what's best for you. I forgive you. 
Every time he spoke, the tears in my eyes did battle with the walls of my eyelids. And then Brant John did something that none of us could have ever expected, not even the judge. Brant John asked if he could hug the very person who shot and killed his older brother. And then he had to beg the judge to hug her. His voice broke and he said, please. And he walked out and they met in the middle and they embraced and I completely lost it. Those tears became a full-born weep for me. I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you sit there and tell someone who has taken the person that you love and look up to that you love them that you forgive them, that you want what's best for them. I don't know how you do any of that without this. What I heard was a teenage man who has spent a lot of time at this table and who has sought to live what it is he say, says he believes in the world. I think that's the only way you get there. And my dear, dear friends, I wish with every fiber of my being and my body this morning, I hope you know that that invitation is also for you. You too can live this way. Not because I say so, but because the one who came so we might have this meal and we might know this love and grace and mercy, he invites you to follow him into that way of life. Pray with me. Our God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, years that are completely unknown to us and yet your promise is sure. that nothing in this life, not even death itself, will separate us from your love. So we pray that we would have the grace and the faith to live as one body, the church, as we seek to follow you more fully. For we pray in Christ's holy name. Amen. Friends, having heard the word read and proclaimed, let us rise together and say the words printed in your bulletin for the affirmation of faith. Wherever the church exists, its members are both gathered in corporate life and dispersed in society for the sake of mission in the world. The church gathers to praise God, to hear God's word for humankind, to baptize and to join in the Lord's Supper, to pray for and present the world to God in worship, to enjoy fellowship, to receive instruction, strength, and comfort, to order and organize its corporate life, to be tested, renewed, and reformed, 
and to speak and act in the world's affairs as may be appropriate to the needs of the time. You may be seated. Friends, there are a variety of ways in which God invites us to be God's gathered people. Each year, this church community seeks to gather around a very special group of students, children who have come under the care of group homes and foster homes through Presbyterian children homes and services. Pichaz's ministry demonstrates how Christ-centered care can help young men and women beat the odds. Last year, 100% of eligible students in Pichaz's group's homes graduated from high school. We as a faith community celebrate with them this accomplishment and commit to continuing to support them in their dreams of higher education. And so throughout the month of October, our Every Dollar Counts offering, that is those single dollar bills that are placed in the offering plate, will ensure that each of these students who is pursuing studies beyond high school will receive a care package put together by members of this church family. Students tell us year after year how encouraged they feel when they receive these packages. They are reminded that they are known and that they are loved. God has been so generous with us as a gathered community, so let us give with gratitude our morning tithes and offerings.
us pray. Holy God, with humility, we offer you a portion of our lives. With courage, we offer you our whole selves, trusting that you turn to all of us, that we have been blessed to be a blessing for others. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. It is said that they will come from north and south and east and west and sit at table with our risen Lord. I think it's said that way so that we might get the hunch that there is no corner on the globe that God will not go to love and to claim a people. I think it's said that way so that maybe we'll get the clue that every line that we draw, every boundary we put up will fall away in the end. For all people will be welcomed here. Not because I say so, but because God took on the flesh and lives so. So come to this table wherever you are coming from this day. If you are weary and carrying heavy burdens, come from that land to this table, for you are welcomed here. If you have uh, more questions than you think you have faith, come on from that land too. Christ says this table is big enough even for your questions. If you come from the land of, I've done this my whole life, there is a new experience of the divine waiting for you here. Come, come, no matter where you are to this table. For Christ Jesus will meet you here. Please pray with me. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right, God of all nations, to give you thanks and praise. In the beginning, you called forth creation out of chaos, carving out majestic skies and deep oceans, and covering them with animals and plants, reflecting your beauty. And out of the earth, you formed and breathed life into your people. You saw everything you made, and it was good. Restore us and redeem us, O merciful God, for we have allowed our sin and fear to turn us away from you and away from each other. We have scattered and divided ourselves by borders, ethnicities, zip codes, and affiliations. We have allowed our self-imposed identities and sense of scarcity to matter more to us than our shared humanity. Through your compassionate eyes, you saw our pain and you heard creation groaning. And so you sent your son to reclaim the power of life over death. With great love, Jesus showed us how to reach out to the sick and the poor, how to include the lonely and the forsaken how to extend an invitation to the table to our neighbors, to strangers, and even to our enemies. In Jesus and at this table, all your beloved people in your creation have a path back to you. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn singing.
Hosanna in the highest, hear us as we pray for one another. We pray for our global partners and ministries, for those in Malawi and Nicaragua, that in the face of the chaos in our countries, the church would stand firm and proclaim the good news of Christ in this world, that together we would do the work of God's compassion, peace, and justice. We pray and give thanks for the gift of new life among us, for Madeline Doyne Easley and Margot Catherine Boudry, and the joy they bring to their families in this family of faith. May our eyes be open to the new beginnings you offer us each day, to the many opportunities we have to extend grace, receive forgiveness, and to give thanks for our many blessings. We pray for the family and friends of Mike Dennis, who is no longer with us. Pour out your comfort upon all of us who journey with the weight of grief upon our shoulders, who feel the absence of partners, parents, children, the absence of answered prayers and dreams, Cast out our demons, O God, and heal us from our despair. Fill us with your unquenchable light, that as we gather at this table, we would find our strength and hope in you. For great is the mystery of faith. <laughs> people of faith across this entire world, that through these gifts of bread and wine, we ourselves may be broken and poured out for the sake of your children, that our hands would reach out and be instruments of peace, that our mouths would speak up for justice and mercy, and that our feet would accompany those whose journeys are too hard to travel alone. Gather us now, because in you there is more than enough. Gather us now, because there is nothing that keeps us from this table. Gather us now, because we belong to you, and we belong to one another. And hear us now as we pray with one voice, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and glory forever. Amen. It was among friends, gathered at a table, that our Lord Jesus Christ took bread, and after giving thanks to God, he broke it. And he gave it to them, saying, Take, eat, this is my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In like manner, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant, sealed in my blood, shed for the forgiveness of sins. Take and drink all of it, and do so in remembrance of me. For friends, as often as we eat this bread and we drink this cup, we proclaim Christ's saving death until he comes again. And he is coming. For Christ is with us here now at table. For these, these are the gifts of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Friends, we will celebrate communion by remaining seated in our pews. Uh, you are invited to take a gluten-free cracker and to partake it um, as it is passed to you. And then you are invited to take the cup and to hold it. We're going to hold the cup and partake of that together to show our common unity in Christ. So come, the table is now ready.
This is the cup of the new covenant. Drink ye all of it. Pray with me. Gracious God, thank you for gathering us together as your beloved people, for feeding us with this sacrament and giving us a foretaste of your heavenly feast. Send us out with your spirit to glorify you through our love and our work. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thanks, forth from this hour of worship to be the church in the world. May God give us the grace never to sell ourselves short, grace to risk something big for something good, grace to recognize that the world is now too dangerous for anything but truth and far too small for anything but love. So may God take our minds and think through them, and may God take our lips and speak through them, and may God take our hearts, each and every one of them, and set them on fire. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all and guide us in our many, 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 many different ways this day and all of our days. May it be so. Amen. <laughs> 